Romans chapter 5 verse 8 For God commended his love towards us In that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us So it's not about what we have done Or what we will ever do It's about his love for us I can boldly tell you That it's not about what you have done It's not about what you are doing It's not about what you will ever do God loves you And you need to realize that because he loves you He will not lead you in what you are going through Welcome everybody to tonight's service over there in Kuala Church. I appreciate every single person. You may take your seat in that beautiful uh, church. Glory to God. One more time, I need to appreciate you. I mean, I will not forget that one week experience in Ori uh, in Kuala Church. I mean, you guys were beautiful. First class treatment that you gave me. I felt so honored with all the treatment. I felt so honored by everybody beginning from your pastor, you know, down to the least person in that church. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. And I pray that the blessing that you receive during that one week of impactful meetings will remain and abide with you in the name of of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. God bless you. So I welcome everybody from wherever you're watching or listening from, from Akure Church, from Lagos Church, from Kuala Church, from any part of the world, Australia, New Zealand, Ghana, South Africa, Kenya, United Arab Emirates, you are welcome powerfully uh, to tonight's service. So we started a new series on Sunday for those of you that joined us online or you were physically in any of our churches on Sunday, winning by righteousness. Winning by righteousness. Now, righteousness, I defined righteousness to us on Sunday as right being in right standing with God. That's what righteousness means. Righteousness means you're in right standing with God. It means that between you and God, there are no issues. It means between you and the Father, there are no beefs, there are no errors, there is nothing. You are just in right standing with God. So I need you to realize that when you say, oh, that man is a righteous man, what you are saying is that that man is a man that does not have issues with God. God does not have issues with him. In the sight of God, you are saying that that man is a perfect man. You are saying that that man is a man who has walked in the counsel and the purpose of God for his life. Glory to God. That man does not have issues at all with God. In the sight of God, God does not, I mean, there's no, I, I believe you understand what I'm saying. Thank you, Dr. Molly, for sharing this video. And I'd like to encourage everyone also who is watching me right now to share this particular video. If you're watching on Facebook, quickly just share this video so that your friends can know that we're here. And if you're listening in on Mixler, you can quickly share the Mixler link to your friends, your contact on WhatsApp so that they can join us for tonight's service. Dr. Molly, thank you uh, for sharing this video. Hallelujah. So I, I want you to understand that because it's very important that we're able to define righteousness for what it is i told us on sunday that the dictionary cannot adequately define uh, words from the bible you cannot be looking for the definition of righteousness you cannot be looking for the definition of holiness and you begin to search the dictionary for the meaning of those things they will not i mean you, you, you the scriptures must be able 
to explain itself, the scriptures is what will be able to give you the appropriate meaning, appropriate definition of each one of those words. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, when you say man is righteous, you are saying that man is in right standing with God. That's what righteousness means. And I'm telling you the truth. There is no other place that you want to be than to be in right standing with God. There's no other place you want to be. Because when you are in right standing with God, it has a whole lot of benefits. And one of the benefits is that you become a perpetual winner in life. Oh, are you following me? The Bible says, as many as receive the abundance of grace, of, of, of righteousness, shall reign in life. As many as receive the abundance of grace, abundance of grace, abundance of grace, they will reign in life. Glory to God. So, you need to understand that the place of righteousness is a place you perpetually when it comes to you and God. Hallelujah. You don't want to live there. I said there are a lot of benefits attached to being righteous before God. I'm telling you, there's a whole lot. One of it, the Bible says that the God orders the steps of the righteous. It says the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. Some other translation says the steps of a good man are ordered by the law. But some translations use the word righteous. That the steps of the righteous are ordered by the law. That means when you are righteous, God orders your steps. Did you see that? Glory to God. <clears throat> when you read some portions in the Old Testament, <clears throat> excuse me, the Bible says that the prayer of the righteous ascends unto God, for God hears the prayer of the righteous man. But the wicked man, <clears throat> God will not hear his prayers. Can you see that? So when you are <clears throat> a righteous man and you pray to God, God has no choice but to answer your prayers. So it's a wonderful thing, it's a beautiful thing to be in the place of right standing with God. Because when you come into that place, God becomes your defense. God becomes your protector. God becomes your shepherd. God becomes the one who orders your steps. Are you following this? So it's a beautiful place to be. Hallelujah. But you see, if we do not now understand <clears throat> what <clears throat> makes us or qualifies us to be righteous, then we can begin to model things up. Then we can begin to, we can begin to, uh, 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 even though we are in a place of right standing with God, but because we do not know or we have no full idea of what it means to be in right standing with God, then the devil who is the accuser of the brethren may take advantage of us. Are you following this? And the Bible says, give no room to the devil. Give no room to the devil. Another, another place, he said, do not be ignorant of the devil's devices. Don't be ignorant of them. Don't, don't just feel like the devil is nothing. Yes, the devil is nothing. But if you don't know what makes you who you are, then the devil will take advantage of you. Glory to God. So he said, do not be ignorant of the devil's devices. 
If you do not know what makes you righteous before God, the devil is going to take advantage of it. I'm telling you the truth. And the devil will mess you up. Hallelujah. So on Sunday, we looked at the word righteousness, the first place that he occurred in scriptures. Now we put the law of first mention into operation. I told us, I've explained in several of my teachings about the law of first mention. It's a particular law that they use in, in Bible schools, glory to God, uh, when you want to do a study or research in the scriptures about a particular topic, about a particular subject, uh, they, sub they subject that title or that particular study, they subject it to the law of first mention. And that law of first mention has always been found to be true. And what is the law of first mention? I explained to, to us on Sunday. I'm going to say it again for the sake of the people who are just joining us tonight. The law of first mention says that when you want to know the original plan of God concerning a thing or the original intent of God concerning a thing, you go to the first place that it is mentioned in the Bible. And when you go there, when you find where it is first mentioned, and you read the old passage, you will likely find out the original intent of God or the plans of God or the counsel of God pertaining to that particular thing. And I cited some examples for us. For example, uh, when Jesus came, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they came to him and they said, Master, look at this. Uh, if our wife offend us, can we give her a bill of divorcement Send her away and go take another wife. Look at the response of Jesus to them. Jesus said, well, in the very beginning, it was not so. Now, Jesus took them back to the, big of, the book of beginnings. He took them back to the very first place in scripture where the first union happened. Jesus said, in the beginning, it was not so, for God made them male and female. Did you see that? So, he did not make male and females. He made male and female. He made Adam and Eve. He did not make Adam and Eve's. Are you following this? And neither did he make Adam and Steve. Are you following this? It was not a man that got married to a man. And it was not a woman that got married to a woman. It was a man that originally one man getting married to one woman. He made them Adam and Eve, man and woman, not man and women. Are you following this? So Jesus, even Jesus, applied the law of first mention. To make them understand that, see, this is the original plan and the original intent of God concerning this particular thing. And I remember when I was taking us through the teaching some months ago, maybe last month or two months ago, on understanding church and money, and I was talking about the tithes. I showed us also because I put the law first mentioned into operation, and we found out that the word tithe showed up firstly in the life of Abraham. And what was the scenario under which it happened? Abraham was coming back from war. He had spoils of war. And he met Melchizedek, the king of Salem. And Abraham, by his own volition, by his own, but Abraham proposed in his heart, 
Glory to God. It was not Melchizedek that said, divide your spoils into ten. It was Abraham that took the initiative to ten and gave Melchizedek one. So the first place that the word tithe showed up on the script in scripture, the first place, the first mention of the word tithe was paid by somebody who decided that out of what I have, this is what I am going to give. Are you following this? Now, later on, the tithe became a law. But you see, the tithe becoming a law was not the original intent of God. Are you following this? I hope you're following it. It was not the original plan. It was not the original intent of God. So the law first mentioned even showed us that the tithe was paid by Abraham. It was, it was self-willed. It was the one that decided to do it. It was the one that proposed in his heart to do it. And when you go over to the New Testament, when Paul was speaking in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 about giving in the New Testament, he said, let every man propose in his heart what it is that he wants to give. He said, don't give grudgingly. Don't grieve under manipulation. And don't give under compulsion. Can you see that? Don't give under compulsion. Don't be manipulated to give. <clears throat> don't let the rhymes that preachers use uh, uh, make you do what you don't really want to do. That's what he's saying. He said, why? For God loves a cheerful giver. You must give it cheerfully out of your heart. So even the law first mentioned shows us that when you decide to pay your tithe, it is your own decision. Glory to God. You're supposed to decide, <coughs> excuse me, what it is you want to give to the Lord by yourself. You decide, you make up your mind that this is what you want to do. Hallelujah. Not under compulsion, not under manipulation, not under somebody telling you that if you don't pay your tithe, you're going to go to hell. That was not what happened to Abraham. <clears throat> Melchizedek was not the one that told, <coughs> excuse me, that told Abraham, pay your tithe. Abraham was the one that decided to do that. So we see the law of first mention in operation in all of these things. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And we can subject so many things in the Bible also to the law of first mention. And when we subjected the word righteousness to the law of first mention, it showed up first Genesis chapter 15 verse 6 now what happened in Genesis chapter 15 when you read down before verse 6 that time did not have a child Abraham was childless Sarah his wife had already passed the stage of menopause which means scientifically medically Sarah cannot mother a child again. But you know what happened? God, in the middle of the night, woke Abraham up and took him outside of his tent and said, Abraham, lift up your eyes to the heavens. He said, can you see the number of stars in the heaven? Abraham said, yes, Lord, I can see. Then God said to him, oh yeah, go ahead and count. And I, I don't know, maybe he attempted to count. But this response eventually was, God, there are too much for me to count. And God said, well, if you see and recognize that the stars in the skies are too much for you to count, so shall deeds be. And the Bible recorded that Abraham 
heard that and he believed God. That's in Genesis chapter 6, 15 16. And Abraham heard that and he believed God. Then God said, That's not all. Then God took him to the seashore and said, Can you count the number of sand by the seashore? And Abraham said, God, where do I even begin to count? And God said to him, So also shall the number of your seeds be. And Abraham believed God. The Bible says, because Abraham believed God, then it was accounted to him for righteousness. Oh my God. <laughs> I love some translation that says, and Abraham believed God, and it was credited to his account for righteousness. Now you see, we're dealing with the topic, winning by righteousness. And I told her there's a lot of advantage when you are righteous. Because I told her that righteousness means to be in right standing with God. And when you are in right standing with God, there's a whole lot of advantage to it. God will order your steps. God will become your protector. God will be your shepherd. God will be there for you. God will stand with you. God will stand in your defense. He will become your advocate. He will become your comforter. He will become your strength. He will become your guide. When you become righteous before him. But you see, the first person in the Bible that was declared righteous by God did not become righteous because he did something or because he did not do something. Oh, I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> oh, are you following this? The first person that was said, Oh, Abraham, righteous. Righteous. The word righteousness. Showing up for the first time in the Bible. A man who all he did was be he believed God. He trusted God. In other words, what God said he would do in his life, even though the physical condition were not uh, aligned with what, uh, with what God was saying, that man stood and believed God. Then God said, because you believe me, then God credited as righteousness. Oh, are you following this? Or are you following this? The first man in scriptures, the first man in scriptures was declared righteous by God because of his belief. Not because, oh my God, can I say this to you? Not because of his doings. He became righteous because of his belief, not because of his doings. Because believing is different from doings. Even though believing will ultimately lead you to doing. Are you following this? Oh, I hope somebody is understanding this. And I hope the ministers in charge of each of our campus, they are explaining this rightly in the different WhatsApp groups. You don't become righteous because you do. You become righteous because you believe. Hallelujah. Abraham believed God. Abraham trusted God. Abraham relied on God. Abraham, he, I mean, he embraced all God said, even though in the physical, in the natural, he was not looking like it. And God said, if you could believe me, even though you don't see the evidence, my God, then God credited it to his account as being a righteous man. Are you following this? Glory to God. 
And I want to show you uh, something tonight so that we begin to proceed from there. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 4. Let's go there quickly. The book of Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Let, let's read a little bit more. Uh, about the man called Abraham. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let, let's read a little bit more uh, about Abraham. Hallelujah. How he became righteous. Because you see, our definition of righteousness will either, I mean, will affect our mentality. Our definition of righteousness will affect how we see God. Our definition of righteousness will decide whether we win whether we lose, whether we reign, whether we're defeated, it, I mean, it goes a long way. Are you following this? Because Abraham was declared righteous by faith. Now, after Abraham was when the law came. The law came into existence. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. Hallelujah. Because there is, oh my God, uh, can, can I say this to you? That you see, there are two types of righteousnesses, if I will use that word in plural. There are two types of righteousnesses in the Bible. There is the righteousness by the law, and there is the righteousness by faith. There is the righteousness by the law, and there is the righteousness by faith. That one, that, that is by faith. I can also call it righteousness by belief. Glory to God. Now, the righteousness by the law, what that one requires is that you must be able to obey all the laws of God. You must be able to obey every single law of God. And after you have obeyed all the laws of God, then God looks at you and says, that's a righteous man over there. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, when I say obeying all the laws of God, I'm not talking about the Ten Commandments alone. Now, that's one mistake people make again when we refer to the law. The law is not just the Ten Commandments. There are Ten Commandments, then there are 632 laws that are contained in the ordinances. Now, those laws, I mean, they are that much, 632 of them. Part of those laws is that a man shall not, whether it pertains to a woman, a man shall not, do you understand, and vice versa, glory to God. Part of those laws is that when you wear a particular clothing, they must not be made of materials of diverse sorts, glory to God. Just like I'm seated right here tonight, if you're watching me on Facebook, my, my sweater is made of, uh, I think this should be wool, yeah, this should be wool, and I think my jersey is made of silk material. You don't dress like this. For all that dress like this, they add abomination unto the law. I mean, unto the law. There are 632 laws. When you plant your farm, on your farm, on, I mean, on your plantation as a farmer, you don't plant mixed cropping. You don't do mixed cropping like they taught us in our Greek. When you want to plant maize, you do maize plantation. When you want to plant plantain, you make a plantain plantation. Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't plant maize and plant yam in between. That's not how you plant. You are not permitted to do it under the law of God. There are so many laws. When you are a woman, you don't, when you are going through your menstrual cycle, you don't come among the congregation of the saints. In fact, you are meant to be locked in your house until your menstrual cycle is over. 
because whatever at that period when you are undergoing your menstrual cycle as a woman you are being declared unclean that's where you're locked inside now whatsoever you touch during that period you're not just the one that is unclean whatever you touch also also becomes unclean so the bed you are lying down on top becomes unclean. The chair you sit on, the biro you touch, the, the handkerchief you touch, the, the, I mean, do you understand? Even the human being you touch, glory to God. And if you touch any of those things, for example, you touch a human being, that human being must go have his bath seven times. You know, I mean, all of those rituals, all of those things are, are in the law. So the law is not the the Ten Commandments and 632 of them. Now, in the Old Testament, for you to be declared righteous, what it means is that you must have fulfilled all of those laws. Now, after you have fulfilled all of them, then God says, that's a righteous man right there. Now, I know somebody is saying to him or herself, <laughs> now that's a lot of work. Yes, it's a lot of work. And that's why throughout the Old Testament, you may find that God will come into a place or even the whole generation and he will not be able to find those men in that place. Because for you, righteous, it takes a whole lot. It takes obedience to all the 632 laws that are contained in the ordinances. 632 of them one of them oh my god you know my children are right behind the screen one of them one of the laws that you must obey under that covenant under that old covenant is when you are a child and you 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 call your parents i think you call your parents you abuse your parents or something or you you disobey your parents glory to god you are meant to be taken outside of the city and you are stoned to death are you following this they stone you to death as a child. When you're a child, before your marriage, they outside of the city and they stone you to death. When you're caught in the act of fornication or adultery, under the law, you are taken and you are stoned. Now, do is the Ten Commandments that you after you have done that then you become a righteous man now can you begin to see how tedious it was for the men and the women that lived under the whole covenant can you begin to see that can you see that mention already shows us the plan and the intent of how men on the face of the earth should be because claim who was making a boast about Abraham he was making a boast that Abraham obeyed God, Abraham did this, Abraham, Abraham aligned with God, Abraham did all of that. And, and I sat down there and in my mind, I said to myself, how I wish 
Abraham could boast about himself the way this preacher was boasting about Abraham. Now let's quickly Romans chapter 4 to establish that. Now look at what it says, Romans chapter 4 from verse 1. He said, what shall we say that Abraham, our father, has found according to the flesh? You're reading with me. He said, What then shall we say about our father? That means, What was, if I paraphrase it for you, what he's saying is, What was Abraham's discovery? What did our father Abraham discover? What was his discovery? I mean, oh my God. What was, I mean, if Abraham did a research, what was the result of the research that Abraham did? Now look at what he says in verse 2. He said, for if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. Oh, now that's something deep right there. He said, for if Abraham was justified by works, now don't forget I told us that you see, you can be declared righteous in two ways. Either by fulfillment of the law, or by faith, by belief, either by the fulfillment of the law or by believing. Now, the one that comes by 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 the law is referred to as the one by what you do. Now, he's saying here that if Abraham was justified by works, because Something that justifies you. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God, I'm saying something right there. Right? Justifies you. God. We go, which is the definition of righteousness. You and God. Justifies you. It means in the sight of God, you are justified. You are justified. You have been declared not guilty. You know when a judge sits in the courtroom and he takes his hammer and eats the table and he passes a final judgment and what he says is that not guilty. Irrespective of what anybody thinks that said is the final. Are you following this? Are you this? Oh my God. You see, even in our natural world, you discover that people go to court and everybody knows that this man is guilty. But you see, in the law court, it's not about you being guilty or not being guilty. It's about in the law court. So, when the lawyers of the accuser, when they are not able, oh my God, I'm going somewhere tonight. When the lawyer of the accuser, when they are not able to prove that the man that they are accusing is really guilty of the what did the judge? What will happen? God will declare the accused, even though he may be guilty, but because there is no evidence, because there is no evidence, they declare not guilty. Declare him justified. Are you following this? Listen to me. Oh my God! I don't know if you're a Christian. Not the best advocate. <laughs> I've got. Go. 
from the amplified translation of that very scripture. Class, glory to God. Our time is running. I want to show us in the next slide that there are several adjectives that he used for the word comforter. He used strengthener. He says so. He also used the word advocate. That is the word advocate. Our advocate, listen to me. I've got, I've, oh my God, I've gotten a very strong advocate on my case. I don't know about you, but I know strong advocates. Are you following this? So, if Abraham was justified by works, that means if Abraham was declared righteous, was declared justified. online or even from quality church if you can help me put up uh, uh put up um, um uh, uh, this particular scripture from amplified translation book of romans chapter 4 verse 1 and 2 uh let me put it up in the amplified translation i want to see it on my screen uh, somebody help me quickly do that. Minister Kiumi, Pastor Kule, uh, Pastor Keiji, whichever one of you uh, is out there. Let me do that quickly. I want to read from that particular translation. But while I wait for you to put it up, let me read again from the old King James that I have here. He said, if Abraham were justified by works, that means he was if he was justified, if he was declared not guilty by works, he said that Abraham has something to boast about. He said, but not before God. You know what that is saying? That means if Abraham was the one that did all the work, he walked, and God now said, you have been justified. Now, because Abraham walked, then before God, and to make a boast of how he walked, and he became justified before God a lot of preachers missing they make a boast for abraham meanwhile the bible is saying that abraham himself cannot stand before god and make a boast he cannot boast before god because he was not justified by works he was justified by faith he was justified by believing oh is somebody listening to me tonight he was justified by believing I'm still waiting for the Amplified Translation uh, of, of that particular text. Anybody out there, just help me get it, lift it up, and put it on the screen for me to read to the people so that everyone also can read along with me. Romans chapter 4, verse 1 and 2 from the Amplified Translation. I'm still waiting. Pastor Kulev, listen to me, please. Help me do that quickly. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Abraham, Abraham was not justified by his works if he was justified by works then he could have a boast before god because you see if you were the one that did the work then you would have been able to stand before god and say yes i'm justified because i did this 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 i did that i did that then he can have a boast before god but abraham cannot boast before god it's amazing the first man declared righteous on the face of the earth cannot stand before God to make a boast of his righteousness. He cannot stand before God to make a boast of what justified him. 
Are you following this? Why is that? Look at verse 3. He said, for what does the scripture say? <laughs> I like that. That means, what did the scripture say about the situation of Abraham? Has it Abraham not able to boast about his works? Why is Abraham not able to boast about how he became justified before God? Thank you, Pastor Kenji, for doing that for me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now look at this. He said, what then shall we say that Father, humanly speaking, has found? He has gained a favored standing. For if Abraham was justified, that is, acquitted from the guilt of his sins, by works, those things that he did that were good, then he has something to boast about, but not before God. Did you see that? Not before God. Abraham cannot boast before God. He has nothing to boast about. And why is that? He said, what then did the scripture say? He said, for Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for what? For righteousness. Did you see that? It was accounted to him for righteousness. Thank you, Lord, Domain Family Assembly Quality. It was, it was accounted to him for righteousness. And Abraham believed God. Abraham believed God. Now look at what he says in the Amplified. He said, what does the scripture say? Abraham believed in, trusted, relied on God, and it was credited. Now that's the translation I was talking about. And it was credited to his account as righteousness. Right living, right standing with God. Did you see that from the Amplified? That means Abraham believed that he was going to have a child, even though in the natural, it was impossible for him to have a child. And God said, if you as a human being on earth can believe my word to that extent, then God credited it to his account as righteousness. That means immediately, Abraham came into, oh my God, came into right living, and he came into right standing with God. Not because he did something good, or he did not do something bad, but because he believed God. Oh, are you following this? That means for you and I, who are of the New Testament, who are the sons of Abraham, we also, oh my God, just as our father Abraham was declared righteous also we have been declared righteous by what? By faith. Oh, come on somebody give the Lord a shout for this. Give him a shout for this. You see, I'm not righteous because of what I do or because of what I did not do. I became righteous now. I became the righteousness of God because I believe. I came into right standing with God because I believe. I came into right living with God because I believe. It was my belief that obtained me my righteousness not because of works not because of what I've done Abraham cannot stand before God and make a boast about how he was justified before God Abraham cannot and that's what we're reading here now look at verse 4 he said now oh my God our time is fast spent look at verse 4 he said now to him who walks he said the wages 
He said the wages are not counted as grace, but as debts. Hmm. Oh my God. Do I, do I go further from here? Because if I'm going further from here, I, I may need a little bit more time to explain some things. Now he says to him who works, his wages are no longer grace, but of debt. And here is that if you work, for example, you work in an organization for 31 days, at the end of the month, the money that they pay you is no longer grace. It is now debt. You are being owed that money. They are owing you. It's no longer grace. But you see, if you did not work and somebody just said, ah, just take this money, that's grace. But if you want, if you want and you are you are you are paid it's not grace it is debt that is what he's saying now look at verse 5 he said but to him who does not walk but believes on him who justifies the ungodly oh yeah yeah now this is running so deep he said but to him who does not work this is verse 5 romans chapter 4 verse 5 he said but to him who does not work but believes on him who justifies the ungodly his faith is accounted for what for righteousness are you following this the one who does not work but believes on him who justifies the ungodly the bible says his faith is counted for what is counted for righteousness his faith is counted for righteousness his faith is counted for righteousness the one who believes in the one who justifies the ungodly Glory to God. Are you listening to me tonight? His faith is counted for righteousness. His faith is counted for righteousness. He does not, he didn't do any work, but he just believes in the one that justifies the ungodly. That his faith is counted for righteousness. Look at what he now says. He now says in verse 6. He said, just as David described the blessedness of the man to whom the Lord, the, the Lord, to whom God imputed righteousness apart from work. Oh my God. I think I'm going to go, just going to proceed from here. Or on Sunday, listen to me. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have not become righteous because you did or you did not do something. You have become the righteousness of God by faith, just the same way your father Abraham was declared righteous by God, and he did not have oh my god, Abraham cannot stand to make a boast before God because of his righteousness. Listen to me, we have entered into the righteousness, right? We have entered into righteousness because we also believe like our father Abraham. And you see, when you come into right standing with God, did I what is going to happen? God becomes your defense. God becomes your shield. God orders your steps. God becomes your protector. Because between you and God, there are no issues. Do you know what happened? God will now stay with you and ensure that you win perpetually in life. There's no battle you will not win. There's no battle you will not overcome. That's why it says that we are more than conqueror through him that loved us. We are more than conquerors. We reign in life. We reign and we rule in this life. In the name of Jesus. We are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. We are more. We don't lose battles. We don't lose battles. 
Because we're right standing with God. The creator of the heavens and the earth has declared us right. He's with us. He's got my back. He's, oh my God, you don't understand what Paul was saying in Romans chapter 8. That if God be for us, who can be against us? There's nobody, no single person on planet Earth that can be against us. If God be for us. And listen to me. God is already for us. The Bible says he that he know we told his only begotten son from us. What more can he not do for us? God is for us. In quality church, rise up to your feet. Walk up to as many people as you can. And tell them God is for you. God is for you. God is for you. If you're in a room where it's not just you that is watching, turn to somebody and tell that person, God is for you. God is not against you. In Christ Jesus, God is for you. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And it guarantees you perpetual victory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, just raise your hands wherever you are tonight and just worship him. Oh, just worship him. Just worship him wherever you are. Say sweet words unto the Lord. Say sweet words unto the Lord. Oh, glorify him. Glorify him. Glorify God. Glorify God. Wherever you are tonight, just glorify God. Glorify God. Oh, glorify God. I want you to be grateful to God. Because he did something for you that you can't do for yourself. And having to cross through the Ten Commandments and the 632 laws contained in the ordinances for you to come into right standing with God. Oh, what a privilege! What an honor that God has declared us righteous. Oh, He no knew no sin was made sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Open your mouth wherever you are and say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. God. I win and reign and rule in life by righteousness. I reign and rule in life by righteousness. I reign and I rule in this life by righteousness. Give him praise, somebody. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him glory. Give him honor. Give him worship. Give him all the adoration. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Worship him. Worship him wherever you are. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Listen to me. By the virtue of this teaching, somebody is entering a new level. There is a particular, oh my God, I'm speaking to somebody right now. There is a battle you have been winning, you have been fighting for a while. You have been fighting it for a while. And you see, your consciousness of your righteousness has been making you to lose. But tonight, by the virtue of this tonight's teaching, by the virtue of the teaching you are going to receive this whole month of October, you are entering into perpetual victory. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but you are out there. You are entering into perpetual victory you are coming out on top you are coming out on top enough of the lies of the devil you are coming out on top you are coming out on top you are winning that battle you are winning that battle you are the righteousness of god in christ jesus you are winning that battle you are winning that battle you are winning you are winning not by your works not by your effort but by the works of jesus christ by the faith that you have in the name of jesus you are winning you are winning oh my god i hope somebody saying amen to this i say you are winning you are winning you are winning every step of the way you are winning every step you are winning you are winning in your marriage you are winning in your ministry you are winning in your finance you are winning in your health you are winning you are oh my god you are shining in the name of jesus somebody say
loud amen to this. Oh, hallelujah. Just wave your hands to him and give him praise tonight. Wave your hands and give him praise. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for your word. Your word is light and is a lamp unto our feet. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this knowledge, for this light that you're bringing our way this month. For we will walk in total victory in every area of our lives. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all of the worship. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everyone under the sound of my voice, they win their battles. They win their fights. They are perpetual winners in every area of their lives. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we give you praise, Father. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and celebrate Jesus tonight. Oh, celebrate Jesus tonight. Our time is fast. That message was from the stables of Love's Domain Family Assembly. Senior pastors are Pastor Banji and KG Oladipo. To reach this ministry, send a mail to lovesdomainfamily at gmail.com. Remain blessed.